Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another Abide Podcast. And we are in the middle of our winter series. Um, It's a mini series. We're doing three weeks over the marks of a disciple. And we're breaking it up into head, heart, and hands. So last week, we talked with Chris about head knowledge and how that's the foundation of being a disciple, knowing who the God of the Bible is. And now we are going to move into the realm of heart. And um, I'm really excited because I have my fellow resident here with me, Emma Halterman. Emma, you've been on the... um, podcast before uh twice before and you have already answered my question about what's your favorite smell so I won't make you answer that for a third time okay (laughs) but I'm so excited to have you back on um especially talking about this subject I think that you have a lot of really good insight into it yes I'm so excited to be here and uh I think we should just go ahead and tell people that this is the first um uh how should we put it, distanced podcast recording. Um, So if you notice a difference in audio quality, that is because we're doing this from different states. So bear with us. (laughs) Literally, like different time zones. Yes. Yeah. So weird. Yes. So uh, yeah, apologies in advance if you hear (laughs) car noises or any weird cat sounds. I'm (laughs) at my house and there's just a lot going on. So yeah. Also, we're just like talking to computers. So, yes. you know, it's it's different. But it's like Zoom, well, but like not even. And yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Emma. Um, to kind of remind everyone of what we mean when we say the word disciple, um, we have defined a disciple as a devoted follower of Christ who rightly thinks about God with their mind, supremely treasures God in their heart, and obediently serves him with their hands. And so as I've already mentioned, we talked about head knowledge last week. And one of the things that we ended with was just saying how when you have the proper knowledge of who God is, it leads to having affection for him. And so, Emma, my first question for you is, what role does supremely treasuring God play in being a biblical disciple? Yeah, um, so I really love that um, that kind of transition from head to heart of just like, you can't love something that you don't know, right? Um, but I really feel like, um, and... Uh, <laughs> this may be biased because I am the heart weak, but I really feel like the heart of the biblical disciple is kind of the cornerstone um, of what being a biblical disciple really is. And I don't mean that in the sense that it's the most important. Um, I think that they're all equally important. They're um, equally valued. But I think for me, you can't truly have the correct knowledge of who God is and you can't um, serve him rightly without having your heart fully in it. Um, I think that you have to have this um, sense of 
um, like how we define it, the sense of just supremely treasuring him to really fully understand who he is and that knowledge side of things. Um, and then I think the Bible's pretty clear that if we um, do anything that is classified as good, it's coming from our heart. Um, it's not necessarily the works, it's the heart behind it. And so I just really view the heart as kind of just the cornerstone of what really makes a good biblical disciple. Um, you have to know like fully in your, um, I guess, value of God to really do anything with it. Um, and I think that the Bible also reflects this. So I was like a little bit nerdy about it and I uh, Googled how many times the Bible um, mentions the word heart. Um, and in the English Standard Version, it mentions heart 850 times, Laura. That's wow. insane. Um, that is insane. Yes. And then it mentions love, which I think is directly tied to heart. I think supremely treasuring is in its essence coming from a place of love. Um, and it mentions this concept of love 652 times as well. So we see that the Bible really values these two principles that are kind of combined into one um, really heavily. Um, and so I just think that they're all three um, very much connected and the heart is kind of, for me, the cornerstone. Um I completely agree. Not saying that uh, the heart is the most important part, but I genuinely think that is it is the core of what a disciple yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You know, why spend time and energy worshiping a God that you don't supremely love? Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? You know, yeah. It's like I would spend my time and energy on on things. Well when I can choose what to spend my time and energy on, I'm going to spend my time and energy doing things that I love, spending time with people that I love, you know? Yes. Yeah. And And don't like dedicate yourself or your life to something that you don't care about, you know, like that just doesn't really happen. (laughs) Exactly. It reminds me when I'm thinking of, you know, the core of a disciple as, as being rooted in their heart um, and their affections for Christ. It reminds me, of the proverb um, that says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Laura, that is so funny that you mentioned that because I literally have that verse written down (laughs) in my notes um, because I kind of wanted to connect the heart to like these different aspects. And so like for the connection for hands, yeah, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I think that's just, yeah, so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so true as well. Um, I, Emma, we were, (laughs) we were just talking about this earlier. Um, how I like this week has been rough. And so I haven't really been delighting in the Lord and like letting my affection stir for him. And I just like have been struggling. (laughs) Yes. And so like, it's just a practical example of, you know, like letting your heart be satisfied and just completely in love with the Lord affects every part of, of who you are and it affects every part of your life. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because I think that's exactly what this verse is talking about. Like when it says, guard your heart, what does that mean? It means making sure that you are lining your heart with the truth, with God daily. You know, that's what guarding your heart is, is like having that delight and that love for God. Because when we let ourselves, our hearts kind of flow into things of the world, that's what we really need to guard it from, you know? Right. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. So that is um, kind of the verse that I just like 
focused on for the connection between heart and hands. And then for heart and head, I think the Bible is really clear. It talks about um, keeping the law and keeping the word, and it talks about keeping that in our heart. So the place where we store um, our wisdom and our knowledge, our head knowledge is in our heart. And I think um, really we see in that the connection between are taking the knowledge of the head um, and it has to kind of be in our heart for it to get to our hands. Like we have to take the knowledge and really understand it and value it. And then it goes into what we do. Um, And so that's kind of, I think, where I see the connection and what I see the Bible saying about um, how these things are connected. Yeah, I really love that um, illustration of, you know, it starts with with knowledge of God, right? You can't really have a faith if you don't know what you have faith in. Mm-hmm. So you you start with this knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is. Um, I mentioned last week about how you first have to know who Jesus is and why he's worth following. And so you have to have an understanding of that. But then that leads you to when you when you understand why Jesus is so precious and so worth following it leads you to an overflow of just love and gratitude and affection for him because you're just so thankful yeah the fact that like this god loves sinners so much that he died for them yeah. and that you know i don't think that anyone can help but be over overjoyed by that um and so, and, and that, you know, is, is where our, um, actions flow from, you know, we, we act out of this love for the Lord, um, and for what he's done for us. And so, yeah, that connection I think is really important. And I think those are some really, did you share a verse, um, for the head and heart connection? No, because there's like so many verses there are. Like, Keep the in your heart. And so I don't know. <laughs> There are so many. Like, look at any psalm, like, ever. Yeah. Genuinely. It's um, a repeated theme throughout the Bible. It is a very very repeated theme. Yeah. I wanted to share, so, as I was kind of looking up biblical examples, and Mm -hmm. I was kind of in the same boat with you as, like, there's just so many, and they're kind of all similar. They they all say the same thing. And to be honest, like, this topic is very similar to what Kristen and I talked about last season um, about delighting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, I kept coming back to a lot of those same verses that we've already talked about. Um, so if you haven't already go and listen to that podcast, it's episode two, I believe yeah. um, so good. Uh, of <laughs> the first season. Yes. Um, but one thing that I, that I did want to mention here, and this is this is something that Emma, you and I learned over uh, this past semester in in our Old Testament one class in seminary. Oh my and, god! Or are you going to talk about? Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. What do you like, think I'm going to talk about? Are you going to talk about like love as obedience? Kind of. Ugh. But I'm going to talk about the Shema. Guys, listen, you guys need to know that it's so hard for me and Laura to do these things because we're basically the same person. Like, I guarantee (laughs) if you literally printed out our notes, we would have probably like 90% of the same verses and or thoughts written down. Probably. I would not doubt it, like, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Continue. No, you're totally fine. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, we are like on the same wavelength, so... (laughs) Um, 
So something that we talked about and that we learned um, in our Old Testament class when we were going through Deuteronomy is what the Shema is. And I've I've like heard this verse before. It's very, very, um, I don't know, popular, famous, like common, a, a common verse to hear it, but I've never yeah. knew the importance of it or the significance of it or where yeah. it even comes from. It's one of those that, like, you walk into Hobby Lobby and, like, you're going to see at least five posters with it written down. But, like, yeah. have you actually thought about it for real? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so this is this is what it is. Um, and you'll probably recognize it because Jesus quotes this. This is literally um, what we have come to know as the great commandment in Matthew 22. Jesus, when he is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus quotes the Shema, like, almost word for word. Now I know I'm saying like the Shema and I haven't explained what it is. So I'm about to explain what it is. And then I'll tell you the verse and then your mind is going to be blown. Mm. Anyway. So the Shema is in Deuteronomy and it's this, like, basically it's this really beautiful prayer song thing that the Israelites used to say every day. And it was kind of the first declaration of them um, acknowledging God as their one God, supreme over everything. This declaration has really set the Israelites apart from the rest of the pagan societies around them who have multiple gods. And so this is what has come known has come to be known as the Shema. And it's Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Now, doesn't that sound familiar to the great commandment when Jesus answers and says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then he goes on to say the seconds like it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. And so um, the word Shema in Hebrew means listen and obey. Mm. And I think that it's a just such a beautiful declaration of Israel declaring, this is our God. He is one God. He is the only God that we worship. And we are not only going to listen to his words and his commandments, but we're going to obey them. But listening and obeying is firmly rooted and established in a heart that loves God with everything they have. Yeah. And just such a beautiful picture. And I love that this is what the Israelites prayed every day. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, and it's so cool that like, um, I don't know. I love when things like as early as Deuteronomy come up again so often throughout the Bible. Cause I think that same, like, um, I think the Shema is in Deuteronomy at least twice and then yeah. again repeated in the great commandment. Um, and so it's like clearly so important. Like literally this is what Jesus says is like what we are to base like our life's obedience on is this, yeah. this principle. Um, and I think that's really like, I think the connection, um, between the listen and obey and the fact that like, what are they obeying? They're obeying loving God. Um, so I love that it's repeated again in the New Testament. I just think that's like, it's clearly so important. Um, and I think um, in the great commandment, the verse after that verse 40 of Matthew 22, it says on these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. And for me, that set, like that verse right there is such like a tie in of like, 
um, the fact that love, a lot of times we think of love in our context as an emotion, um, but love in the Bible is very clearly an action and it's an action of obedience. Love isn't something that we feel. It's something that we are to do and we do it out of obedience. And I think that that is really important when we look at the heart of the disciple. Um, it's not just, um, someone who's like, that like think of the most loving and caring person you know you know like that is part of it but it's also someone that like obeys God every single day and lays down their life every single day because that is ultimately like we obey people that we love like we don't just do things because like someone that we don't like tells us to like and I think the greatest example of this is like my own um honestly kind of ugliness of like if I like my professor at school, I am so much more likely to do well in the class because I like want to make that professor happy. But like, yeah. I don't like my professor. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm going to put in the least effort. Like yeah. that's just who I am. And it's so disobedient and it's coming from a place of unlove, right? Like obedience and love are so tied together. And I think it's really clear in this great commandment. It's not just like, like it's saying that when we love the Lord, our God, with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind, we obey. Um, I think that that is really crucial to know when we're talking about the heart of the disciple, that it's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's not just like being in love with God. Like, yes, that is 100% a part of it, but it's also being consistently obedient. And um, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, we can kind of see this really clearly when um, <laughs> when it's kind of hard yeah. to extend love to to the Lord or to other people around us. And it goes back to kind of love being a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you, um, you have the choice to love someone or not. You have the choice to love God or not. Like, you have the choice to give your entire heart to him or not. He has designed it to be that way because he wants genuine love from people. Mm -hmm. And I think when you think about love as being an act of obedience, it really drives home the concept that to love God is, um, is, does not mean that every second of every day you are going to feel like you love God, you know? Yeah. Just to give like a parent example, because you know, like God is our father, right? But like, there were times growing up as a teenager, right? Where like, my mom would be like, Emma, you need to unload the dishwasher, take out the trash, do this, this, and this before I get home. And I was like, in my heart, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that doesn't sound like fun to me. Like, I'm frustrated with you because you, like, you know, the teenage heart of like, oh, my life is so hard, like that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But you know what I would always do, even when I didn't want to, and even when I didn't feel like loving my mom, I would still do those things out of obedience. And I think that's where like this concept of like love as obedience can really come into play. Like, I think the spiritually mature disciple goes through seasons where it's like, I'm not like me and God, we're like 
kind of on the fritz right now. Like I'm not feeling super lovey, but you know what? I'm still going to wake up every day. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to get in his word. I'm still going to be honest with him. I'm still going to do my best to get out of this and fight for that joy again. And I think that is really like when I'm, when we're talking about this heart for a disciple, it is not like I'm 100% overjoyed, doing great. Life is good. That is not what it means. I think it just genuinely means that you love God enough to end those hard times, obey yeah. him consistently, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. I think that that is like really the mature heart of a biblical disciple. For sure. I completely agree. And it really goes back to, um, you know, God wanting your heart above all else. Like he doesn't really want your obedience if it's not rooted in your heart. But in those moments when you're having a hard time and when you are struggling and when it's just really hard to delight in the Lord, having those disciplines, I think God delights in those, even in those like hard moments, because he knows that you have a heart that genuinely loves him. Even if you're not in a place right now where you can express that properly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I think a really great example of this is like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, right? Like, um, I think it's no surprise that the greatest act of love in the cross was also probably the greatest act of obedience. Like Jesus is pretty clear in the garden. This isn't the choice that he, like, he's not, I don't know how to say this that like doesn't make it sound bad. So I'm going to be careful with my words. He, um, he's accepting of God's plan for him, but it's not perhaps the plan he would have chosen for himself. Like he says, God, take this cup from me if you can, but if not, not my will, but yours be done. And I think that that is really like where we see just like Jesus's love for his father of like, I'm not super excited about this, but I love you enough and I love these people enough to do it um, like mm out of that love to like obey out of that love like Jesus in that moment I feel like really fulfills the great commandment because he loves the Lord his God like with all his heart and soul and mind and Mm -hmm. he also loves his neighbor as himself because he's saying like God this is gonna hurt me but it's what I can do out of love for you and out of love for the people around me yeah and that's what fuels him and ultimately leads him to the cross yeah yeah I love that. That's such a great reminder. And I think like I need that reminding sometimes, especially in in, like weeks where it's just like really heavy and I'm like, like, what am I even doing? It's like, okay, well, Jesus loved the father so much that it led him to the cross. Like how much do I love Jesus? You know, kind of like a conviction, (laughs) like a stab to the heart. Yes. Which I think is like good. Like I, I think it's a really dangerous place to be as a Christian if you read the life of Jesus and you're like, yeah, that's me, I'm killing it. Like, I think we should always yeah. be convicted by the life of Jesus. Like, oh, I, principle. I know. And to be honest, like, I don't think, I don't think that anyone should ever lose their like awe over what Jesus has done. Like, every time that I read about the cross or like Jesus crucifixion in the in the Gospels, I like weep. Yeah. I'm not like saying that you have to cry, but like, you know, it should move you. Yes. That's like, heavy stuff that's 
that's good stuff. It's loving stuff. And it's, it's the stuff that like our faith is, is built upon. Yes. And here's what I'll say also about that. If it doesn't move you, pray to God and ask that it will. Because I was just like, honestly, like going through a time where I think we always need to be remembering, like we, we always need reminded. And I was going through a time where I really just kind of forgot. And I came to the section of Luke that talks about the crucifixion. And I was like, this is important for me. And this is important for me to understand. And so I'm going to take time to pray for God to like make me understand. And Laura, you sure bet he did. I was <laughs> in a puddle of tears, but it's just like, like, you know, if you're having trouble remembering, ask God to re- like be your reminder, like surround yourself with community that can do that, but also like pray. <laughs> seems yeah. simple, but it's true. It's true though. You know, God honors those prayers, especially when they're centered on, knowing him more and delighting in him of course he's gonna honor those prayers yeah so yeah that's awesome the last thing i'll say about um love acting as obedience is i think that there's just a great verse that really points to this and it's john 14 5 if you love me you will keep my commandments and Mm -hmm. so if we hadn't convinced you thus far like there's your answer (laughs) in the bible of the tie between love and supremely treasuring god and obeying his word and his commandments yeah very much tied together um yeah, and I think that leads us into um, the question of just how can we engage God with our hearts? Like we know that it's important and we know that to love is to obey. Um, and so what does that look like practically? Well, Laura, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, I think this goes back to that concept that we talked about between the connection of head and heart. And I think it really is just keeping the law in our hearts through spiritual disciplines. Um, So I think, like we talked about, remembering God can often spur that delight. And so I think constantly being in the word is the greatest reminder of God that you're going to get, right? Um, And I would also say within those spiritual disciplines, I think when we talk about the spiritual disciplines um, in the sense of like head knowledge, we can focus a lot on like reading commentaries and like really understanding what you're reading, which is so important. But I think when we're thinking about it with our heart, um, it's making sure that that knowledge is like paired with delight and is paired with the joy of knowing Jesus. Um, So your understanding of those things should fuel, hopefully, just like delight and thankfulness like we talked about earlier. Um, And I would also just say through times, like you're going to go through times of spiritual depression, right, Laura? Like you're going to go through times where it's just like you're reading and there's like not much delighting happening. And I think that um, the... uh, I think that those are the times when we really just need to fight to persevere. Like if you read any of the epistles in the New Testament, the word perseverance is used so many times and like that's for a reason. We have to persevere to um, keep our joy and keep our faith. Um, And I think the biggest threat to our hearts is like what we talked about is forgetting the why. Like you have to remember why like Jesus is so good to keep in that. And I think, you know, reading the Bible is a great way to do that. Yeah, for sure. I think also um, sitting in conviction can really help. Um, It's not the most comfortable thing to do. um, And it's not going to be your favorite thing to do. But when you are convicted, when the spirit is moving in your heart and he's laying things on your heart, 
being able to really just sit in that and dwell and meditate on it and work through things with yourself and with God mm-hmm. is ultimately going to do so much more for your heart than just ignoring it and continuing on. Yeah. You know, like you have to sit and just um just wrestle with those things in order to find genuine true delight in the Lord because that's I mean, Emma, you and I talked about that all of the last podcast that we did together. <laughs> yes. um, like that's part of the sanctification process, right. but I also think that sitting in that conviction can help stir your heart and your affections for the Lord because then you begin to realize like, man, I really am a messed up human being, but like you're in the mess with me and you love me despite this mess. And not only do you love me through it, you're working to transform me to look more like you and get me out of this mess. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, one of the biggest enemies um, in our own hearts towards God and his work in us is self-righteousness. And so I think sitting in conviction is in a way so good for us because I think like being humbled is what we need because when we come to the throne of God and we're self-righteous, like who the heck are we, you know, like what? Um, So I think I like totally agree with that. And I also think that that is the only way to um, receive true freedom. Like Mm -hmm. God is in the chain breaking business, but you have to recognize and wrestle with those chains before he breaks them. You know, like you have to know that they're there in order to experience the freedom from them. Right. Exactly. You can't experience freedom if you haven't first experienced what is oppressing you. Yeah. And so you have to come to terms with that and then you have to wrestle through it. But like in that, it's not just you. Like obviously it's the spirit working in you and, yes. and God is right there in it. Um, I also think that one of the things that really can help stir my affections for the Lord is just talking to other people about God, yeah. about his characteristics, about things that he's revealing to me, about new things that I've learned about him and kind of going down those rabbit holes with people and just getting to see how God reveals himself to other people as well mm-hmm. um, is a really great thing to do and, and honestly get in the habit of, you know, talking about your faith with people and talking about Jesus with people will help you not only delight in him more, but it's also going to help you um, be able to articulate what you believe and articulate the gospel better. Yeah. One of my favorite things that we do as a staff is um, on Monday mornings, we get together and we talk about what we've been reading and what God has been teaching us. And I think that that is just, um, it's a great moment to get to know other people's hearts, but it's also a great moment to like see other people's revelation of like, here's what God is showing me. And it's so exciting and like encouraging, but then there's also moments like, like this week, Laura, we're like, we're hit by heavy things and it is like, I'm going to force you to be vulnerable. But like, <laughs> like Laura, when you shared this week that like you were just hit really heavy by the lost people in your life. Like for me, that was a huge wake up call. Like I needed you to be heartbroken, to break my heart in that way. And so like being around other people in that, it's just so like, gosh, we are just created for community. And that becomes evident to me more and more time that I spend in community. 
Yeah, for sure. I know there's nothing like breaking your heart than a good like cry session over the lost people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add to how we can engage God with our hearts? Yes. So something else that I have found to be extremely helpful in this is um, we've talked about this with our abide method, but prayer and meditation, um, Mm -hmm. adding that into your quiet times of like really taking time and just like surrendering it to God and like not rushing through that process of prayer. Like I think I have had moments in my life where prayer has just been on my to-do list and my heart has like not been in it. But for me, when like my heart is in prayer and I don't have a timeline for it and I just let myself like give it all to God, my heart just feels so unburdened and like so Mm -hmm. on fire for the Lord. And with that like meditation, don't just read through your um, quiet time and move on with your day, but like notice what God is pointing out to you and focus on it and really like ask what he's showing you. Um, And then another practice that has just been super helpful for me and my heart is practicing intentional thankfulness. So let me give you an example because I think it's kind of hard to explain what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But like, so as I'm praying, if I want to pray for someone in a certain situation, the first thing that I do is I thank God for that person. And that I think just really has helped me to remember that like, God is so much more, like there's so many more reasons to praise God than there are things that I could ever ask him. And so practicing that intentional thankfulness and even like listing out ways that God has worked in your life and given you blessings, like that is so important because I think we a lot of times just forget how blessed we are and we don't actually like take the time to thank God for that and like love him for what he has given us. And so I think that thankfulness is like, I would even consider it a spiritual discipline, and I think it's super important. I completely agree. I think that thankfulness is just a key aspect in prayer in general. Yeah. Um, and I think that co- I think that goes back to uh, when you have the ability to thank God for simply being who He is. That in and of itself is the connection between head and heart, right there, mm-hmm. you know, because you know who God is, and now you are so thankful for who He is. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Well, is there anything else that you would want to share about treasuring God with our heart or just um, what a disciple is in general? Yes, um, I think if I could give anyone like advice over the heart of a disciple, I think my biggest piece of advice that I would give is to not base your faith on how you feel. And I know that that's hard talking about heart and like just, I feel like heart in our worldly context is so tied to emotions and feelings. And Mm -hmm. I think that we have to separate that because our emotions aren't trustworthy. Jeremiah 17, nine says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Our emotions are tricky and they're not trustworthy. And so when we put our, um, feelings above just our faith, I think that that is really a dangerous place to be in. Um, And so I think that when we focus on like defining our faith by how we feel um, towards God um, in certain (laughs) moments, it can be so dangerous because I think a lot of times when we're going through really hard times, that's when we need to rely on our faith, faith most. But when we put stock 
like too much stock in like, well, I just don't really feel like being with God right now. Then it's like, you're losing your foundation. Oftentimes we mistake the, the feeling of love for the act of love. Yeah. Like the action of, of loving and, and the obedient side of it. Um, and that, I mean, honestly, it ties back into what you were saying earlier with, uh, with love and obedience. Um, if we only go off of our emotions, which change constantly, yes. uh, that's going to be a very unstable relationship yeah. <laughs> with, with anyone. Let's just be real. Yeah. Um, but when we when we separate, when we are able to separate our emotions with what we know is true and like our loving obedience, then that's when our relationship with the Lord can really thrive. Yeah, for sure. And I think that this is something that we all struggle with. I am like, for sure, like I am a feeler 100%. Like I have so many feelings and so little time to express them, Laura. um, (laughs) I struggle with this a lot of like really just putting too much stock in my feelings and something that um, Brandon Williams, who I'm sure you will have on the podcast at some point, um, Uh he is a feeler as well. But something that he asked me really stuck with me. And he was like, I know you're feeling that but what is the truth? And I think that that is so important to ask ourselves of like, okay, I know you're feeling that, but what is the truth? Um, Because a lot of times our feelings aren't the truth, which is a hard thing to like wrestle with. (laughs) Yeah. Man, yeah, that's very true. (laughs) Um, But also I think you know, we're not saying that you need to disregard your feelings. No. You know, definitely know what you're feeling. What you're feeling is valid because you're feeling it. Yes. But is it rooted in truth or is it rooted in lies? That's where we need to get to. Yes, exactly. And that is 100%. I will never, like, I am not that person that's like, oh, you're just feeling, like, I no, that's not (laughs) very real to me. So I'm not going to do that at all. But yes, I think feelings and emotions are things that like God has given us, but they're given as like arrows to point back to a root of truth or a root of a lie. And so I think recognizing our feelings and realizing where they're coming from um, is a super helpful process. Um, But yes, also recognizing though that not all of our feelings, though they may be valid, are coming from a place of truth. That Mm -hmm. is, yeah. Yeah, Emma, all of that is just so good. And that's why I just really love talking to you about, you know, your heart and the sanctification process and everything that has feelings because you just feel so strongly. And I love that about you. Um, And so thanks so much for sharing your heart and, and just sharing about the heart with us. Of course, anytime. My heart is always available for vulnerability whenever you need it.
I can always count on Emma to bring out the feels and make my heart convicted, Uh, but for real, she's so fun to talk to, and our discussion leads us to next week and the last conversation over what a disciple is, and so I'll be talking with the lead pastor from Coastal about what it looks like to obediently serve the Lord and how that really rounds out what a disciple is supposed to be. So join us next week for our conversation over the hands of a disciple.